0: Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Stylist, your host here on Hairstylist Podcast Radio. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Want to be a guest? Just message me. The show is for hairstylists that want to empower and change the world with their voice. We discuss triumphs, tragedy, stories of inspiration, how to earn six figures, how they got started, and more. Like, share, and subscribe today.
1: (coughs)
2: Hey, hey,
0: hey, it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. Today, we have an exciting guest from Fuzz Hair in Toronto, Ontario. She also has a special project, which we'll talk about later uh, coming in the podcast. So I want to say welcome, Kristen.
1: Hey, Brad, how are you?
0: (laughs) Great. So I'm I've been, I've been looking you up online and I know you have some exciting projects going, you know, you have a great studio and a great, so we just want to dive in a little bit. So we're going to just get right in there with our audience. So first kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background.
1: Uh, yeah, I've been a hairstylist for 15 years in Toronto. I uh, opened a hair salon 10 years ago. It's called Fuss Hair Studio. Well, it's called mm-hmm. Fuss Hair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Uh, we are in Leslieville in Toronto, the east end of the city and uh, I would say about 10 years ago we were one of the first salons to open up around here that was you know on the hipper looking side of things I think Um, but since then this the this end of the city has really developed so it's been great there are a lot more salons around now and uh, yeah we've been going strong for 10 years and um I'm also the executive director and founder of an initiative called the Dress Code Project, which is a not-for-profit that uh, is essentially um, gaining momentum. We have 173 salons worldwide right now, but we are um, an alliance of safer space salons for the LGBTQ community to come and get a haircut and not get misgendered
0: hmm. And that's something that's very important. That's something I really want to dive into. But I want to leave it for a little bit later in the show when we can concentrate on it. Because I think it's such a big, um, it's a big thing for people. I don't want to say too much now, because I say, probably with that, it's probably one of my hot buttons.
1: Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah.
0: Always, you always have things that you're really passionate about. So and you're really. like, I just want to get into that. <laughs> get yeah. into that now. So did you always want to become a
1: hairstylist? Uh, no, not really. Oh. <laughs> I was in I was in fil- film first. I went to school for film okay. uh, production. I worked in film for a little while, but um, I just it wasn't really for me. It was um, something I still enjoy playing a little around with a little bit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really what I could see myself doing as a career. So um, my mother was a hairstylist mm-hmm. for forty four years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know I was talking to her one day and not sure what I wanted to do and. I kind of felt a bit lost, I think, because I'd already gone to school and, mm-hmm. had a, you know, I had a degree, so I didn't want to go back to school. And she suggested hair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, um, she, she was explaining all of the wonderful things that it had done for her in her life. And, you know, she had her own shop at one point, then had kids and uh, sold the shop, but started working in a salon, renting a chair. Mm-hmm. And um, she worked with those. Ladies in that salon for twenty five years,
2: oh, and
1: wow. yeah, and they all were they all became good friends. And mm-hmm. uh, this was in Dundas, Ontario, and okay. um, yeah. And so uh, I just saw that she had had a good life from it. She was still able to have it, like have an interesting day where it wasn't always the same thing. And I think it was also creative, so that was important to me. So I decided to apply to school. I went to school and uh, did a year, and that was it. Mm-hmm
0: wow yeah so it's similar to my story it's funny we're both hairstylists now but we both didn't want to do hair at the beginning because myself it's Mm -hmm. similar i was in um i was doing a lot of theater and film so i figured because if i couldn't the only reason I took hair was if I couldn't get my foot in the door, at least if I did hair, that would help me get a foot in the door. So if I couldn't get on stage or working on film, then I could just do hair and still work on sets, which I actually did. I did like some movies, some, some videos, some things like that. So I did a, a few year, a few years of that as a performer, and then same. I went my first year and said, "Okay, I've gone to school for a year. I'll do it at least a year," and then yeah. I did five years, and then, <laughs> and then I started doing a lot of competition and stage, and, oh,
1: and nice.
2: then
0: became a platform artist, and then became a celebrity stylist, and then you know, and now I educate all across Canada, the U.S., and I still do film, television, video, all that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. So, but it's funny how the career you know kind of goes that you don't realize that, Oh, well, maybe this is something that I can do to change people's lives to be so much, so much better. So now you say you're a salon owner. So what did, what was the decision that kind of said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm a stylist. Now I kind of want to have my own business and be, you know, an entrepreneur.
1: Uh, Well, I think that I sort of had that in my DNA. Um, -hmm. Both my parents owned their own businesses, and um, I worked for both of them on and off. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw them do that. I think I saw that they could have a nice life doing that. And I also think I really just didn't want to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that probably always ends up being the reason, isn't it? Yes. But sure. um, but yeah, I just thought there were a lot of things because. I had gone to school and then gone to school again for hair, so Mm -hmm. you know I wasn't coming out of high school and doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there were just a lot of things in my, you know, um, career Mm -hmm. uh, that I saw I could do better as a boss. I thought, and to be honest with you, initially I wasn't even thinking of being a boss, but I just thought if I ever did, you know, get the opportunity to be a boss, there were a lot of things I could do differently and hopefully mm-hmm. better better for the environment you know like the environment around me you
2: know mm-hmm.
0: so yeah. do you so do you have any views on so now as an owner so now there's a lot of uh, uh places popping up they first started in the u.s but now they're coming to canada they're like uh, salon suites so yeah. would you say it would be better as an entrepreneur to have an actual storefront or work from a salon suite
1: Well, I think that maybe if you are uh, an established stylist that's been in the industry for a little while, and you're able to stay in the area that you've built up your clientele, that the salon suites are maybe not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that if if you're someone that wanted to be, you know, in control of your own your own life and you wanted Mm -hmm. to be your own boss without having to have employees, then a salon suite could be a great way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think that if you're new, I think Mm -hmm. that it could, it could be definitely be a bit more challenging for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so with having a staff, do you have kind of any words for our audience of what you should look for when you're, you know, creating or, or having, you know, a team that, that works with you?
1: Yes. Uh, I think that the thing that I've learned uh, being a boss in the 10 years is that it really, I mean, a lot of people throw, you know, words like um, tribe and culture around. Um, I think it's super important to have a group of people in your salon that have the same vision as you do. Mm -hmm. So whether that that will share that vision and be true to that vision, but also, you know, with that vision, I think comes, communication and respect mm-hmm. and it goes both ways you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was just in, um, at a hair conference in Vegas a few weeks ago and we uh, we were lucky enough to have a few classes of course that were not n- not just about hair but they're about mm-hmm. you know in issues in the hair industry and I took a course on generations mm-hmm. and um, you know there are four different generations working in this workforce today. And that's the first time that that's ever happened. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And what that means is that, you know, people that are just getting into the, you know, the workforce are working with people that are, should be leaving, but aren't able to yet, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's causing, I think, quite a stir. And uh, I think that there has to be a lot of respect in going both ways, whether you're an employer or an employee, it has to flow freely and um, well, you know, I don't necessarily love the word tribe. I think that that is a little, you know, there's some cultural appropriation going on there. Um, It's not a word that I would use, but I've heard it a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So whether you use that word or your crew or your family, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, I think that you all need to be on the same page. I always say when I'm looking at hiring people, Mm -hmm. I can help you with your skills. If your skills are fine, but they need a little Mm -hmm. refining, we can do that, but if, if you're a jerk, I can't change that.
2: No, that's you know? right.
1: And if you're if you're not a team player and you don't want to be, and you really are out for yourself, whether you mm-hmm. say you are and you act like you are, but you're really not, you're kind of like undermining things, or whether you're just flat out not, then maybe maybe a a, um, a salon suite is a good idea.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. as as a salon owner, would you say it's better to take? an apprentice just out of school with no clientele and build them up or somebody who's well-seasoned has a full clientele, but has a lot of attitude.
1: <laughs> well, I think they both, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> You threw the attitude curve in. Yeah. Um, but personally speaking, I think there can be benefits to both of those scenarios.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that pulling someone out of school and, you know, I currently have someone in my salon that is in that from that situation mm-hmm. went to school apprenticed with us we went through the apprentice program with her and through the uh colleges of trades mm-hmm. and um you know she's now working as an incredible colorist in my salon
2: mm-hmm. she
1: and and also she gets myself she gets my manager and we get her you know mm-hmm. um and uh, it works nicely and we can talk to each other it's cultivated. It's not, you know, we had to get there, but it's really nice. And I also trust her a lot. I think she trusts Mm me, she trusts my manager. And I've had, like, I currently have a stylist that's working in my salon who actually, you know, does her own thing in in Mm -hmm. her own space, but just wanted to be back in the salon for uh, Mm -hmm. one day a week. And um, so we have an arrangement, it works beautifully. She's a, mm-hmm. a wonderful stylist. Has a great mm-hmm. attitude. Clients love her. Mm-hmm. So I think it has more to do with being able to pick the right people for your mm-hmm. salon. I think, you know, and yeah, yeah. I have
0: the right, have the right fit, have the right. Let's say, like you said, the right mindset, the right, yeah. and you don't have to fight the whole way down. And it's like this is what we're all about, and somebody is kind of trying to change that, you know, yeah. it, to a certain degree.
1: Yeah, I agree, and. That's just it, right? You want to have everyone with the same outlook and the same idea about what you need to have to make the space a really good space for everyone to be in. Mm-hmm. And even if you have it's like the weakest link in the chain, right? Even mm-hmm. if you have one one person that you know even says like, "Oh yeah, it's great. Everything's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great." But but it's really not and then they go into the staff room and they're undermining you as you said. That's mm-hmm. not going to work and it, it will eventually come out because if mm-hmm. there's one thing we know about, <laughs> you know, the hair industry can turn yeah. into reality TV quite quickly, you know, and,
0: uh, Exactly, and exactly. You'll,
1: you'll find out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot I think I've learned um, being a boss on the job because I was mm-hmm. literally just a hairstylist who, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to open their own salon and yeah. um, you learn a lot on the job and then, of course, through education, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which I think is also incredibly important. So
0: yeah, and that's the thing, because at least for you, you were lucky enough to have people in your family that were doing hair. So you saw a little bit of, and I think that's the biggest thing for owners now. We all go to school, we all train, but then a lot of people are opening up their own salons with no business education. And and you find that most owners tend to be more artistic minded than business minded so they're great at doing the clients they're just not great at running <laughs> the yes, business the business part you yeah, know
1: i totally agree yeah so and I yeah think
0: that's the business thing so for you how important is education for you
1: well for myself personally it's yeah. incredibly important because i mm-hmm. think especially if you are someone who's leading a team of people um mm-hmm. if you stop learning they stop learning and mm-hmm. if you stop educating yourself, training, expanding your horizons, um, looking for new ways to do new things or Mm -hmm. looking for new ways to do old things, then you stop the process of growth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you stop the process of growth, you're kind of, you're done, you know, that's Mm -hmm. that. Um, You know, I think change and uh, evolution are constant. I think Mm -hmm. they're necessary and I think they're inevitable. So, um, and I would apply that to a lot of things in my life, but mm-hmm. definitely the salon environment. And if you want to be successful, then, uh, you know, of course it, it depends on what your idea of success is, but, mm-hmm. um, if you want to continue to grow, uh, and then I think education is incredibly important. It's a mandate that we actually have within our salon as well, that, um, if you work there, you have to, uh, you have to get, have two education courses a year.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point, and that, because people, I think, most of them go to school and they think that everything I need to know I've learned in school. I don't have to take any more training. I know how to do everything (laughs) because I think Mm -hmm. in schools too, they kind of build you up. But usually in school, you're just doing a lot of older people and you're doing a lot of kids, but that's not going to really prepare you for the real world, especially too if you're a cutting edge salon, you have a hip clientele, they're going to want something more than a basic box cut and you know, A roller set or that sort of thing as well, but. Being an owner, as you are, you made an excellent point as well. Where you do take the time to nurture, so you you had the apprentice come on, you nurtured that person, you met together in the middle, so you had an understanding, which I think a lot of owners don't. They basically you come in, they hire you, you're on your own, defend for yourself, and they're like, I can't believe the staff—they're so awful, but they don't do anything to really help them grow, right? Yes. And and to say as an owner. The more you help your staff grow, the more your business is gonna grow, the more it's gonna be profitable for them and for yourself and for the the salon, you know, as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you can be the kind of boss that just blames everything or you can take responsibility for things. And um, you know, I think that I've, you know, learned a lot of things. I'm constantly learning. I will never know everything there is to know. And every time I think I know something I find 10 things out about that something that I didn't know before.
2: Um,
1: so, uh, you know, for me in my space, what tends to work is, um, communication, constant, uh, constantly being in touch with each other. I mean, we're a, you know, we're a one salon space and, Mm -hmm. um, we all work on the same floor together. And, um, you know, I think because of the way we are, we all have, a lot of respect for each other, mm-hmm. which also makes us quite close, you know, and um, I think that I don't even think that my employees would let me get away with just being like, okay. I've hired you all now go do your thing like they mm-hmm. hold me accountable every single day
2: yes <laughs> and um,
1: I'm pretty lucky for that so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: well and it's great to have a team that is that and I think once you have a support team and I think that's what it is once you know trust and like each other it's different where a lot of salons tend to be I'm here I'm gonna grab every client I can get I don't care about you where with somebody <laughs> is if you need help they're gonna pitch in if you're getting a little bit behind somebody's gonna pitch in and not say anything. Or I applied your colors, so I need credit for that, you know, yeah. and, and that sort of thing and say, hey, if you need that bowl rinsed out, no problem. If you need, you know, where people will really step up. And I think that's one thing in the community that is lacking in some salons that really that that even though they're a team, they're, they're more an eye than they are a team. Yeah, they're, they're more exactly. about themselves. But as I say, it sounds like you have an amazing, well-rounded, excellent team. You know, I'd love to come and check out your place.
1: You totally sometime. should. You and should. We'll, we'll
0: do another live interview there.
1: <laughs> so, That'd be really fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So
0: just to see the space. And, and from what I understand, you have a brand new space. You So you I opened do. up a brand new space. Yes, wow. eight
1: weeks ago. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, eight weeks. Oh. Yeah, eight,
1: eight weeks ago, I think. Well, you know how the salon world is. We move yes. pretty quickly. <laughs> So oh, of
0: course. So yeah. when you so when you decided to do a new location, did you model it similar to your other place? Did you want to make everything different? Did you kind of or like, did you like the vibe you had previously and kind of wanted to keep that for your your clients?
1: Um I wanted to keep keep the feeling mm-hmm. that we we um provide for the client. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanted to change almost everything else. Mm-hmm. So Um, you know, I think that um, I'm so not a creature of habit at all. Mm -hmm. And I really started to feel, you know, like, um, full disclosure, I think, in this industry, it's, well, in any industry, I'm sure, but I find in ours, it's easy to become complacent, and Mm -hmm. just comfortable. And, um, you know, I I was at a location. um, I felt like, there was a lot about it that needed to change. Mm -hmm. Um, We were going through some structural changes within the company as Uh, well. mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them. I wanted things to look the way I wanted them to look. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I just uh, decided that. And also, um, you know, I think it's also really smart to um, constantly be, you know, aware of your neighborhood and neighborhoods mm-hmm. surrounding you. And um the neighborhood I was in was incredibly generous um mm-hmm. to my business and I will always be so grateful to it for that. But there was mm-hmm. another neighborhood that was just north of where we were that was mm-hmm. really up and coming.
2: Yes. And
1: actually it's closer to where I live. So oh, I was so. really familiar with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh it was very up and coming and um there was a lot of stuff. There was just a lot of buzz going on there, a lot of really mm-hmm. amazing great hip restaurants that people were really enjoying and coffee shops. And, yes, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to be in that and Mm -hmm. be a part of that. And um, so, uh, you know, we decided to make the move. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we advertised um, on our social media and we made clients aware as much as we possibly Mm -hmm. could without putting up like a a red flashing marquee, you know,
0: that's right. So did your clients embrace the change and they're like, I think any kind of stuff is new, I think. And constantly as a business, I think you may agree that you have to reinvent yourself. You have to embrace change sometimes in order to, like you said, different area, you may have to change your, your, your way or adapt, or I think clients like that too, even for the staff. So if, if some of the staff came with you or you have new staff, I think with a new environment, it's fresh for them rather than say, if you said you're in business for 10 years, five years, you know, like, so with 10 years, if you have the same wallpaper, the same paint, the same, like for 10 Everything, years yeah. and mm-hmm. clients are coming in, it looks the same as day one as, as year 10, they're going to say, okay, we need something a little bit fresher, a little bit different, but you think to changing your decor also changes the way you do hair.
1: Well, I think changing your environment, you know, mm-hmm. can, can change the way you feel. Mm-hmm. So it can change the way that comes through in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as you know, stylists, were incredibly emotionally connected people. Mm-hmm. We're creative. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that everyone, you know, um, has been told when you get on the floor, you, you're almost like putting, putting on an act in a sense, mm-hmm. right? You have to be there for the client. You have to leave your stuff at the, at the door. Exactly. Um, but all of that being said, we are human. And um, I'm sure there are days where, you know, like myself, a lot of people mm-hmm. are not feeling well or just having mm-hmm. a bad day. And that can definitely come through in your work. But if mm-hmm. you have an environment that you really enjoy going into every day, mm-hmm. it can certainly, you know, change it. And I wanted this environment to be, you know, different than the last one and reflect me a little bit more and reflect what I thought was important and what I see as. Mm-hmm. style and design um and i was also looking for functionality
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just technical aspects as well um did a lot of research on what kind of light bulbs we should be using in the hair salon mm-hmm. as hairstylists to reflect yes. true color and mm-hmm. i have a, like a, a, a very i would say um scandinavian minimalist face mm-hmm. of the look where a lot yes. of things actually were custom created Mm -hmm. um and then i also kind of like the fun side of me i guess um also did uh what i call like miami beach circa (laughs) 1980s birdcage oh that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of fun so it's a little uplifting like you know we we are currently coming into uh you know, our, the last bit of sunlight, um, as you can tell, I, I'm very dramatic about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, we need to have, you know, we need to have like a really, um, bright kind of feel in the salon so that we can make Mm -hmm. it through the winter.
0: (laughs) Well, and that really makes a big difference because a lot of people have, you know, sat or like seasonal disorder. Mm -hmm. So when it gets dark and obviously too, because there are time changes, time is changing soon and for me this is a better time zone i'm a morning early morning person anyway so i don't necessarily need that extra hour i just find by the time the end of the day comes it's like i have to go that extra hour to to go through but having it bright and sunny in the salon i think really makes a big difference as far as the clients was it difficult um, having the clients move from your old location to the new location
1: well, as I said, we really gave them a lot of notice. We mm-hmm. told them exactly where it was going to be. We everywhere on our social media our emails that would be confirmations that go to the clients when they make their appointments mm-hmm. um, so I, they were all very aware of it mm-hmm. and to be honest with you because of of how you know where we're located mm-hmm. where on Queen Street yes where our location was um, mm-hmm. As you know, in the East End, below that is, is just kind of like film studios and mm-hmm. car dealerships.
2: Yes. But w-
1: the further north you go, the more concentrated it gets with mm-hmm. residential areas. So mm-hmm. a lot of our, our clients were like, oh, you're actually going to be closer. So
0: Oh, so um, it worked out better for
2: them. It
1: worked out nicely. Yeah. And then, of course, we're, we are in such a concentrated area now with clientele, mm-hmm. or rather with residents, that mm-hmm. we are seeing new clients um, every week. So it's
0: really great. Well, which is nice too. And I think too, it brings a new energy to the salon doing some different, even though you love your clients, it's still nice to do some new people that can experience your work and people say, wow, I really love this. You guys are, are really, you know, amazing at what you do. So you kind of open up and expand a little bit, or as I say, what we're going to get into next is with your, so one question before we jump into the project is Mm -hmm. Who would you say your, your base avatar is, the type of clientele that you tend to attract?
1: You know, we have an incredibly diverse clientele. We always have. Um, again, the east end of the city 10 years ago mm-hmm. was this area where folks were migrating to because the other places that they were living were getting busy uh, mm-hmm. and they were also getting expensive. Yes. And so if you were in that, you know, generation where you were looking to purchase a home or some sort of family, mm-hmm. um, then you were kind of beholden to the prices that were happening in that area. So people started to really migrate east. And mm-hmm. so we had this this really diverse and interesting clientele of people that had lived in the east end for,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, 20 plus years. And then folks that were coming from downtown and other places and then just incredibly diverse communities as well. Like the East end is um, completely rich with like, um, you know, I'm in the middle of East Chinatown and uh, the India bazaar. Oh, so, you know, okay. so this <laughs> oh, I, really, know, I know
0: they are here in yes. Yeah. This really <laughs> rich
1: cultural yeah.
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: experience. It's just like this fusion going on and mm-hmm. has been for a while. And then you had, you know uh, folks from, the uh, LGBTQ community that were mm-hmm. moving out here as well, yes. and so we had a lot of different people. And um, you know, the one thing I think that people knew right away was that about us that we were
2: mm-hmm. like
1: a really, uh, really diverse space where you could come. We had our rainbow flag up on the front. Mm-hmm. We had a, a dog sticker that meant you could bring your animals in. Oh, like you know, okay. we were kind of like whatever, yeah. whatever, you, whatever you want, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Um, yeah, so it was really good that way. So our clients, again, are still really diverse.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And then, of course, even more diverse in the last year with the birth of the project. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. which we're going to jump into right now. So perfect segue. So so with the the dress code project, so kind of tell me how the idea was conceived or did something spark to say, hey, we need to create something to, you know, Address this
1: uh, it was a bit of both mm-hmm. um, again, being queer myself, mm-hmm. um, having the rainbow flag on the window,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know we had a lot of that of of clientele within the community, and one day mm-hmm. I was doing um, a transgender woman's hair
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, the next day uh, she tweeted that that was the first time she'd had a haircut and felt like a woman mm-hmm. and So it was a pretty um, amazing moment in that spectrum of feeling like you just did, you made someone feel really good about themselves Mm -hmm. because you did their hair the way they like it. Yes. Um, And then it was followed by this incredibly um, almost anxiety-ridden realization that um, uh, this is happening in our salon with Mm -hmm. the community that I identify with. Mm -hmm. And – it was it was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought something has to be done about this because I can't believe that this woman is in her mid-30s mm-hmm. and um, to my knowledge had been out as a transgender woman for a few years at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time she's walked into a hair salon and, and not even... She wasn't even commenting about the haircut. She mm-hmm. was commenting about how people that were in the hair salon made her feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, I just thought that was kind of incredible. Um, and um, I thought something has to be done about this. So mm-hmm. I didn't do anything for about six months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just kept thinking about it. Every time I would go somewhere, have a conversation with someone, I would mm-hmm. I would kind of be reminded in one way or the other and uh, drift off about how, how that could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I just decided to... Um, start talking to the people that I I trust that are around me in my circle and uh, Mm -hmm. talking to them about this idea. And so we started to get some wheels turning for that. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I think that's a big thing because a lot of stylists kind of don't understand um, maybe what to do. So if a transgender person comes in or, or somebody from the LGBTQ community, a lot of times people don't know how to, and as I say, everybody's a person first. I believe labels are second, but we shouldn't even have labels anyway. We're just yeah. people. And that's yeah. the way it should be. Um, and that's why I started something similar hair stylists of hope. But what we were doing is sensitivity training for the transgender community. Because a lot of people don't know, a lot of stylists don't know how to maybe soften down a male jaw to be more feminine, how to you know do stuff like that, or how to speak, what pronouns to use. That kind yeah. of stuff and, and how to address the person. And also, too, you want a safe environment that the person doesn't feel awkward. They, they, feel, they feel safe. They feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing as well. So with yours it's called the Dress Code Project, so mm-hmm. when, when the dress – so tell me now the moment that, like, Dress Code Project came to life. Like, now this is something. It's real. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to do something and we're going to make a mark.
1: Well, it was uh, a year ago, over a year mm-hmm. ago. It was April um, 20, yeah, April of 2018, mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided that I was going to, you know, like I said, I had people in my my group that were really amazing. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for two years, we had done a lot of research. We contacted a lot of um, youth groups that mm-hmm. specialize within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had done quite a lot of of circles in a sense, mm-hmm. getting together with a lot of the kids, the youth yes. that go to talking to them
2: mm-hmm. about everything, mm-hmm.
1: and then doing a lot of research in general, um, speaking with the folks from the 519,
2: yep, um, mm-hmm.
1: getting educated by them, yes, um, and uh, then I ended up um, just kind of sending about 25 emails to. Mm-hmm. Um, people that I knew in the city actually mm-hmm. that own salons. Mm-hmm. Some that I didn't, but I figured would be interested. And just asked them what they thought. If we kind of started to make this pact, almost where we mm-hmm. we promised each other we would create safer environments for the LGBTQ plus community, with a certain mm-hmm. um, particular to transgender, mm-hmm. non non gender conforming, and non binary folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they were all on board. I have um, one of the best responses from a good friend of mine mm-hmm. um, who owns Clute Hair in Parkdale, Lisa Ferry. And okay. w- within an hour, she sent me an email that just said, I'm fucking in. You know.
2: Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it was, it was incredible. And I think that was, you know, a little, a, a little reassurance there because you never know how people mm-hmm. are going to react when you kind of do something that's out mm-hmm. of the ordinary. Yeah. And you also never know how people are going to react when you try to change their their industry their daily
0: yeah but i think sometimes you have to be a disruptor and you have to kind of change stuff and obviously too you had a thought and a lot of people were on the same page as you but -hmm. they hadn't really done anything about it but now you're a pioneer and you're creating something that now could be implemented into like into the system right where now there's now more places offered so so with so if i were to come into a salon would i recognize? do you have some type of decal or so I would know that this shop is okay to go yeah. in? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We have, um, a safer space salon sticker. It's mm-hmm. a win- little window decal mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it just goes in the front of the salon. Um, like the same place you would put any sticker, like a, a rainbow sticker or anything mm-hmm. at all, or, you know, yeah. near your company logo. Um, yeah. and, and that, if you're walking by and you see that, 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 mm-hmm you may not recognize it right away as what it is but it definitely like it's mm-hmm. it's vis- like the way it looks is mm-hmm. is very inclusive it's clear what it is so
2: yeah,
0: and that's perfect because then it makes it easier, very subtle. So if somebody's walking by, they, they see the dress code project sticker. They know, okay, it's fine to go in and I'm not going to be hassled. I'm not going to be harassed. It's a safe place to go. I can come in and get my, so if I'm a male with long hair and I want to, as I say, if, uh, being transgender, if you want to be more female, you're not going to have a hairstylist say to you, oh, and then make some type of rude comment you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Or if you're a female who wants short hair, you know, you don't have a stylist say, well, that's only for guys or a guy who has long hair. That's only for girls, you know, yeah. it's not anymore. And to say, um, cause the one thing too, I think with, with, um, people too, they're like, um, so is there any concern as far as pricing and things like that? So if I get a haircut and you get a haircut, is there a difference in pricing because of gender or,
1: yeah, so uh, you know, um, a couple of the mandates that we have when we ask mm-hmm. people to um, join, um, what we what will happen is people will send us emails saying they want to mm-hmm. join, and mm-hmm. then we talk to them a little bit about what it means. So first of all, um, anyone that works in the salon has to be part of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. or an ally to the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, uh, you have to have gender nonconforming. Mm -hmm. Uh, or non-gendered washrooms so that anyone can use them and Mm -hmm. that it's clear that anyone can use them. Mm -hmm. Um, Pricing is a different thing altogether. It's something that I think is slowly changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some things I think that you have to recognize Mm -hmm. when you're doing something like this. There are some things that are easy to change and that you can change right away. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that need some time and we Mm -hmm. have to be patient and allow for that time. Yes. Because pricing is hitting home with people, it's a Mm -hmm. different ball game. You're now talking about people's financial, you know, status, the way their day Mm -hmm. works. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I think we have to move gently through and Mm -hmm. we are. Um, So it is not at the moment um, something that has to happen. However, what is really wonderful about the way this works is that um, within our community, I think that we're quite outspoken Mm -hmm. and we do say what it is that we need. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I've received a lot of, of questions from folks through email or messenger or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, on Instagram account just saying, you know, I went to the salon and they, they still have gender pricing and they still have gendered, gendered Mm -hmm. label services. Mm -hmm. This happened, this actually happened within the last two weeks. It's happened Mm -hmm. twice. And, um, I was speaking to um, one of the owners of a salon, Mm -hmm. an incredible salon actually in Australia. Uh, And uh, I was talking to him and I told Mm -hmm. him about this email that I got and he immediately was like, oh my God, I didn't realize that we hadn't changed that. You know,
2: Mm -hmm. the,
1: the other thing is as a salon owner, you're mm-hmm. not just doing hair and then doing nothing. Exactly. You're literally juggling all day long about mm-hmm. a thousand different things. You're you're mm-hmm. answering, I don't know how many questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need the support and the help of the people that are around you, whether that's a manager mm-hmm. or an assistant or just another stylist or someone who just is in your life to say, mm-hmm. oh, hey, we should maybe talk about this. So mm-hmm. I think that patience are needed and mm-hmm. understanding and time and whatnot, but You know, as soon as he realized what was happening, he changed that immediately, Mm -hmm. like without even thinking. You know, so and that I think is because of how you know we are going about things, Mm -hmm. and we're not pushing anything in anyone's faces. Yes, sometimes we are. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to have a conversation with me about hair and gender.
2: Mm-hmm. I will tell
1: you all day long that hair has no gender and that pricing them so is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to change my mind about that. No. And it is scientifically proven that hair has no gender. So you can't even argue that exactly.
0: So if I have the same haircut as you, then we should be charged the same, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know matter. what I mean?
0: So it shouldn't make a difference. You yeah. know what I mean? Hair is hair, the cut is the cut. Or because, you know, males usually get a lower price, females get a higher price. I understand sometimes why they say it, females take more, you're doing more um, texturing work, you're softening your lines, you're doing this, you're doing, but as I say, if you just want a straight haircut, I just need a, a, you know, a regular haircut, you know what I mean? And it should be, it should be. Or if my hair is long, I used to have hair down past my waist. So mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously if I walk in and, and a person with short hair walks in, it's going to take a different amount of time. With, with the yeah. result, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And I also, you know, um, th- the way things are going these days, diversity mm. is huge. And mm-hmm. I think that within the, uh, the gen, uh, the millennials, mm-hmm. um, I think it was f- 57% or something like that. I can't remember oh, the exact wow. number now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a high percent of uh, people who... Identify slowly, mm-hmm. solely as completely heterosexual. Mm-hmm. The new generation, the current generation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, mo- the uh, Gen Zs. Yes, forty-eight mm-hmm. percent identify. They're asked the exact same question. Forty-eight mm-hmm. percent identify as completely heterosexual. Mm-hmm. What that tells to me is that gender is shifting, and gender mm-hmm. is fluid. It's not, we're not getting rid of males and females. What we're saying is that there's more than two genders. Mm -hmm. And as such, we have to recognize that in everything that we do. And, you know, people these days also by 2020, um, the, the gen Z's will Mm -hmm. be 40% of consumers Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the, in, in the North America, which means that we really need to consider what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And, when it comes to gender, gender expression, their Mm -hmm. own personal identity, they do not want to be put in a box. They don't want to be labeled. They are um, incredibly fluid. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in my salon, because of, I think the dress code project, because of the way we are, Mm -hmm. because of the neighborhood, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, you know, we have a lot of people that don't necessarily know how they identify. They use Mm -hmm. they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. Um, and they really have a lot of different characteristics from, um, gender norms that have been put on us by society. Mm -hmm. And then they have a lot of characteristics that are completely fluid and don't have anything to do with any gender.
2: Exactly. And
1: Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you are a cis born male, Mm -hmm. but your gender expression says something different, uh, and it's saying a lot of different things yes.
2: yeah.
1: um, and you have really long hair. Mm-hmm. There's a potential. There could be a lot of texture being put in there, that hair. Mm-hmm. I may flat iron curl that hair and then brush it out. Exactly. And So, you know, there's just, um, there are things that I will. So going back to your original question about mm-hmm. pricing, there are yes. things that are, right, I'm definitely more lenient about because we need to be able to have mm-hmm. the time to change. And there are mm-hmm. things that I just am not. And no. so, you know, when people, see what we're doing they start to see how um, mm-hmm. pricing makes sense where mm-hmm. all of this lies yeah. and it's a slow change but it is happening mm-hmm. and it's happening a lot more than it was before
0: yes do you think then instead of having a standardized price list and saying okay this is this much this is this much <coughs> as an artist it should be more per client based so depending on what the client's needs are your time products used then your pricing should be based more there, as opposed to having a standard thing that says haircut this price, color this price. Where somebody you know needs something different, you know, because you may do a couple highlights, and somebody with really fine hair it doesn't take that much time at all. Use little product, and then somebody has a lot thicker hair, uses a lot more foil. But on your list, it says partial highlights this much, and they yeah. both pay the same.
1: Yeah. So, um I th- yeah, I think like like a lot of salons Mm -hmm. do the starting at price. Yes. And then Um, you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to be really, you know, these days, especially with Instagram, I noticed Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, in the past year, a lot of like transparency in our industry about Mm -hmm. what they're doing, why they're charging, what they are charging, why the time takes, you know, takes so long and stuff like that. So people understand more. Mm -hmm. So why they're paying for what they're paying and Mm -hmm. why they need so much time to have it done. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know i think that this is no different we personally at my salon we price by length not gender yep, exactly. but i have i have a friend who prices by time
2: oh and, okay yeah and
1: mm-hmm. it makes sense for her and it makes sense for her salon yeah. pricing by gender mm-hmm. doesn't make sense for me at all no but pricing by length does yep. um but we always have you know on our website listed the starting at points right mm-hmm. and i think it's important to have mm-hmm. those there for people to see so they at least have an idea you know of of where things start and you know we always also have the consultation at our as a huge tool. Yeah,
0: which is very important. And then you can explain through the consultation what the client is looking for, what their end result is. You can say, okay, based on this, you want to do foils with three different colors. You want this, you want that. Based on what you're looking for, this is what we can do at this. This is how much the cost and the time is going to take me four and a half hours or whatever it may be, or an hour uh, sort sort of thing. One shop I did work at, they actually man, woman, child were all the same exact price.
2: Hmm. So they yeah. charge
0: by service, not by, not by gender. So it's right. just by service. So yeah. if a haircut was this much man, woman, child, all paid the same.
1: Right. Yeah. So with and that
0: kind of stuff, and myself, I do have um, transgender clients as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and saying, that's why it needs the sensitivity training. So right now the dress code project is only in Toronto salons.
1: No, uh, so okay. it's in um, 175 salons in six different countries.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, awesome.
1: Yeah, so t- started out in Toronto
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, for sure, but then it grew uh, around the globe. And so we have like a ton of salons in Toronto. We have a ton of mm-hmm. salons in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Edmonton is picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia um,
2: oh,
1: wow. is in, yeah, there's I think 13 or 14 salons in Australia. Mm-hmm um yeah california um new jersey Mm -hmm. north carolina texas um i think we have them in every possibly every province um in canada we are Mm -hmm. not in the yukon or northwest territories okay Um, so
0: to open that up but is your your goal eventually to make it as global as possible that everybody you know can hear the message or has the choice to be involved provided they have the required, you know, um, Mm -hmm. the requirements of the group sort of thing. Like I say, so everybody just, I want to just get on board, but they're not willing to do, you know, what the standards are or maintain the standards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that being able to say that we are now an industry that has changed for the better. Mm -hmm. um, And in my opinion, the better in this case means that, you're being an open and inclusive space
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so i think that if we're able to change and maybe be you know the first industry like mm-hmm. why don't we have some lofty goals here let's be exactly. the first industry to really take this by the reins and, mm-hmm. and say you know we're going to eliminate discrimination in mm-hmm. our industry where gender is concerned where you know uh, gender expression and identity are concerned and maybe that will Um, you know show precedence for other industries maybe that will also start you know for anything Mm -hmm. else that is experiencing discrimination in our industry you know like the um lgbtq community is an Mm -hmm. incredibly diverse community within Mm -hmm. itself it's this it's its own little ecosystem in a sense and Mm -hmm. there are so many different um you know people and um intersections in our Mm -hmm. our community um and that's, I think, what makes it so interesting and beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if we can, you know, apply all of that to, you know, hair and have people recognize that, mm-hmm. then I think they'll see, uh, you know, it will only make the industry better. Because I just don't personally, as a salon owner, mm-hmm. uh, this is what I don't understand, is why you would ever want to not let someone come in your door.
0: hmm it exactly. And just say, no, I don't want your money. I don't want your business. I don't want. And then complain totally. they're not busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, I just don't get it. Yeah.
1: But I don't know. Maybe no,
0: but, 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 yeah, education is, is key. And I think your message needs to get out there. And I think our audience would love to hear it. But one project I am doing is the Flip Your Wig Summit at Sea. So it's a, a cruise on Symphony of the Seas on Royal, which is an LGBTQ friendly cruise line Mm -hmm. so we're gonna do something on the 12th to 19th of october 2019 where Mm. we're gonna have hairstylists from all around the world i'm sure they would love to hear your message if the time works out for you i'd like to invite you on Um, the main show is hairspray how perfect yeah totally (laughs) lots of lots of wigs lots of fun lots of everything um so that's a is say, if anybody wants to check it out, you can go to Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash summit at sea. And you guys can kind of look at there, but if, if people want to follow you, um, mm-hmm. or your studio, where's the best place to get, um, like what's your, your, your Instagram handles or some places yeah. if people want to contact you about the project or just about the salon or, you know, message you personally, where's the best place to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so uh in terms of uh fuss, mm-hmm. so um we are uh our website is fusshairstudio.com. Mm-hmm. Um and our Instagram handle is fusshair underscore to. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we uh we're doing hair every single day. Um, you're open so, seven days a week. Well, so <laughs> every, single, every single day of the working week. Yeah, I okay. think we do hair in our sleep though, don't yeah, we? With, with social hair. media these days. Yeah.
0: yeah, you're all thinking. Yeah. So, so if someone was interested also being part of the dress code project, mm-hmm. um, how would? What's the best way to contact you for that? Or do you also have something on Instagram or uh, Facebook they can follow?
1: yeah so um we do have facebook it's a uh, dress code project instagram is the dress code project mm-hmm. instagram is where we do like we really focus for social mm-hmm. media um so that's where you'll get a lot of information and um mm-hmm. you know um we also have an email address it's mm-hmm. uh dress code project 2016 at gmail.com if people have questions they can email us there mm-hmm. and <clears throat> our website is huge for us um it's mm-hmm. dresscodeproject.com because the website actually acts as a directory. Mm. So if someone is looking to get a haircut mm-hmm. in a safer space, yes. um, they can go onto the directory and there, is, there are buttons on every page mm-hmm. <laughs> that say find a salon Yes, and you hit that button and you put in your postal code or your zip code mm-hmm. and it will bring up via a map but also a location list. It'll bring up salons that are closest to you mm-hmm. that are all registered Dress Code Project salons. Um, and you know, for salons that want to join, mm-hmm. um, very similarly, you go onto the website uh, DressCodeProject.com mm-hmm. and you click uh, Join Us yes. and fill out a form that just is all about your information. So your salon name, your name, your phone number, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you can write a note, mm-hmm. and um, we will email you back with information. Uh, And we go
0: for that. Oh, that's perfect. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's been an hour already. Wow. (laughs) I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just (laughs) flew right by. It's been (laughs) so amazing chatting with you. I'm sure that the audience will love this episode of the Hairstylist Mm -hmm. Empowerment Podcast. A lot of great information. And so, as I say, definitely look uh, Kristen up if you're in the Toronto area. And then it's say, if you're, if you want to go in, you want to check her out. If you want to be part of the dress code project, make sure to look her up as well. Follow her on social media and sorry, just so <laughs> <laughs> much. And we covered, yeah, we cut over a lot of hot buttons. I was pretty much, um, I was pretty tame today, but, but it's good, but it's something really that is very important. I don't believe in labels personally. I also believe you should love who you love and that's it you know, gender, gender is, is we're, we're just people. We're just being, and, you know, I mean, people like to make a big deal out of, of what, and everybody has their choices, but I'm so glad you listened to the episode today. I want to say thank you, Kristen, for, for being on. We'll definitely connect again, um, offline. And as I say, I'd love to come and check out your, your salon and and maybe do something there. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Great. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you.
0: So thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time.